खिलाफत के अमी हम हैं अमानत हम संभालेंगे जो नेमत छिन वी बिलीव इन इक्वेलिटी ऑफ ह्यूमन बीइंग्स इन द रूल ऑफ लॉ एंड वी आर अगेंस्ट ऑल टाइप्स ऑफ ऑपरेशन वेलकम टू द एमकेए यूएसए वाइब रन बाय मजलिस कुदामल अहमदिया यूएसए America's oldest and largest Muslim male youth organization. We're here to share a weekly recap of the latest in Friday sermons, speeches, lessons from our respected imams and wisdom from different sources. Khalifa ke labon se jo gulo jo har bikharte hain. Auzu billahi minash shaitanir rajeem. Bismillahir rahmanir rahim. Allah Almighty describes the believers in the Holy Quran as wallazina hum anil laghwi muridun they are those who abstain from that which is vain and useless so we are taught that every activity in our lives should be useful nothing should be useless now this doesn't mean that video games and other forms of recreation are useless it's very useful to take a break from the work that we're doing because then we come back with a new energy we recalibrate ourselves then also there are many benefits in video games some involve exercise others involve people getting physically together in one place and playing together it's a means of bonding others they improve our hand eye coordination and have other benefits in them cognitive benefits so in and of themselves video games are not bad they are not forbidden in any sense of the word the question comes that at what point do they become a useless activity at what point do they go outside of moderation and then start to have more harms than the benefits that are in them there's been a shift in the last decade or so in the way that video games are marketed to us and the way that they are designed and this has become a major reason for why they have become such a useless activity now it comes down to the way that video games have been made you know if you go back 10 or 15 years ago then the main way that video games were produced was as a single game that had a story in it that had certain activities in it it was a single player game after a person completed the story then the video game was finished usually they didn't continue playing it so a good video game had maybe 30 40 up to 60 hours of gameplay time and it required a great investment from the developers and from the company now if a company wanted to make a video game that went to add 10 more hours of play time it meant adding a lot more levels a lot more ways to interact with the game a lot more story so with each and every hour that was added to the game there was a lot of cost a lot of development a lot of investment and this means a lot of risk now in the same way that movies carry a lot of risk now movies they take a lot of money to make their cgi and special effects there's so many different cameras and angles and actors and extras and so many things that are needed so many different sets so when a high budget movie is made it carries a risk that if it flops then it could send the company into bankruptcy now on the other hand in entertainment we have a model of soap operas now they're very simple shows they take the same story that could be told in a movie but they stretch out that story over a long period of time not so much to compromise the quality where it becomes completely uninteresting but it is just interesting enough that we want to continue watching it and it leaves a cliffhanger at the end of every episode that keeps us coming back for more so in this way soap operas are able to keep us engaged for far more time than movies are able to with very little investment in time and money what what is the money that's needed to make a soap opera you just have the same very simple sets the same camera angles and a very simple story that is told without any cgi special effects without too many extras and too many sets so this is a way in which 
there are hundreds of hours that people invest into these shows for a very minimal cost and investment on the part of the studio that is producing it. Whereas a movie is something that there is a huge amount of investment into the quality that's put into those two hours. And there's a greater risk involved as well. This is a similar situation that the gaming industry has faced. Obviously, it's more profitable for a video game company to make a game that costs far less, but can keep us invested in that game for hundreds and hundreds of hours. And then those hundreds of hours translate into microtransactions, which make that company far more money. This is a far more profitable model that carries much less risk in it. Now, video games are different than movies in that we interact with video games. And so the question arises that what is the model by which a video game can break from that old method? That achievement can only be done through the manipulation of the way in which we approach video games through the abuse and malicious abuse in some ways of psychology. And this comes back to something that's called the Skinner box and how a video game essentially turns into a Skinner box for human beings. Now, what is a Skinner box? Essentially, it is a chamber that an animal is placed in and that animal is conditioned in how it's going to interact in that chamber, similar to the way that we are conditioned in how we're going to interact in that video game in a way that produces a result where we're invested into it. Now, when an animal is first introduced into that chamber, its main purpose is to interact with a lever or a set of levers in that chamber. And those levers mean nothing to the animal. Why would a rat or a monkey want to press a lever? It carries no value in and of itself. So when a monkey or a rat is introduced into that chamber, it is made to come towards that lever. It is rewarded for approaching the lever at first. Then it is rewarded for touching the lever. And then it is rewarded for pressing the lever. When we approach a video game, the first thing is to get us to approach that lever. The lever has no value for us whatsoever. So how is it that we come, can come to approach that lever? The way is that a video game is made very easy to access. A good video game that is good at getting us to get into its uh, Skinner box makes it very easy to approach it. You know, it's free to play. There's no investment that's needed from us. There's no money. We can install it right away and start playing it immediately. Then also it's available across platforms. Now, after the rat is attracted to the lever and made to press it the first time, then it's given a lot of treats for pressing it in the beginning. It's front-loaded with treats. This is also what we see in video games, that when a person first gets the game and starts playing it, then to level up early on is very easy. Then slowly it gets exponentially harder and harder. In the beginning, a person is given an abundance of in-game currency, of level-ups, of rewards, so that then they are repeatedly given treats for pressing that lever. In the beginning, they are front-loaded with currency and level-ups in order to condition themselves to press that lever, to become attached to that lever and understand that this lever is where you're going to be living your life. And this lever has value in the world that we've created for you. Once we've approached the lever, then we're given a treat for pressing the lever. And every single time, we get a reward for pressing the lever. Now, what's observed is that this form of reward of giving a rat or a monkey a treat every time it presses the lever, it gets the animal to press the lever, but it doesn't get it addicted to that lever. So in the same way, what we find in video games is that we get rewarded for each of our actions. Every time we do an action, every time we do a mission, every time we do whatever it is that the game wants us to do, it'll give us a reward, but it'll be a small reward because it's not that addicting. So it's not what they really want us to do. So we'll get a small amount of experience a small amount of currency within the game, something that every time we push that lever, every time we interact with the game and do what they want us to do, we get a small reward for it. So this is the first type of conditioning that we see in video games. Now, another type of video game conditioning that we see is what we see in the Skinner box, that if the animal 
interacts with the lever at certain intervals of time, then it'll get a treat. It's every 10 minutes, it'll get a treat. The animal is conditioned. And now it's taught that now you have to come back every 10 minutes. This is the behavior that we expect from you. So this is also what video games do. You'll see in a lot of video games that they give daily bonuses or a weekly bonus. You know, a certain interval of time where we have to log into the game and gradually we're conditioned with a desire for those rewards to want to log in at those in in intervals, to push that lever at that interval. And so this is the way that the game developer is teaching us that this is how your behavior is supposed to be. We're conditioning you that now you have to log in on this particular day at this interval. And they're training us that this is what is expected of you. Now, another type of behavior that the animal is conditioned to is to randomly press the lever at intervals. This is, in fact, the most addictive type of behavior. Now, in animals, in, in rats and in monkeys, it is observed that if the animal is given a treat at a random interval of pressing the lever, that's what motivates that rat or that monkey to press the lever most often. This is also observed in human beings of how slot machines work and how addictive they can be. That at random intervals of pulling that lever, you're going to get a reward and at any moment you could win and get the treat that you want. So this is also something that's observed in many video games. You know, loot boxes have become so malicious that they've been outlawed in many countries. But you perform a certain action and then you get a random reward out of it. And that random reward gives us a rush of dopamine. It gives us a desire to want to keep on randomly pressing that lever until we get another reward out of it. And there's also another type of conditioning that's done for animals, which is that at random intervals of time, not random intervals of pressing the lever, but at random intervals of time, there a reward is given. And this is also found in some video games, where at a random time, there's a special event that happens. And if you log in on those days, then you get to have those rewards. One thing we have to remember is that the action that the animal is doing in the Skinner box is not inherently of any value. The animal has to be taught that this behavior is of value. And once it accepts that the behavior is of value, then it believes it and it begins to act on it. So this is the same thing for us as human beings, that the actions that we are doing in a video game are in no way of any value. But once we are sold on the idea that what we're earning in the video game is of value, then we can be conditioned into acting according to the video game the way it wants us to. Now, a lot of times people misunderstand and say that, you know, the currency that the video game offers you, it's nothing, it's not real. So why would a person work for it? Why would a person give it any real value? But here we have to remember that anything that we work for, if we invest time into it and effort into it, then it has value, even if it's just a digital currency. And on top of this, if the earning of something takes skill, then it has even more value. This is something that people will pay real-world money for. This is why we see that in-game currencies at times can be sold for large amounts of money on the open market or even sometimes on the black market. So to imagine that just because the currency that a game has created doesn't have any real-world value, therefore there's no reason why a person would work towards it, is naive. It misses the point. So remember that when a person is conditioned inside that Skinner box, then the treat that he is receiving, once he believes that that treat is of value, then it takes on real-world value. He will invest his time. He will compromise real-world priorities for it. Now, one example of this is how there's farming in video games. Remember we talked about how if an animal is taught that if it presses a lever 10 times, then it'll get a reward on the 10th time, it'll push that lever nine times just to get the reward on the 10th time. The monkey or the rat doesn't enjoy pressing that lever those nine times. It knows it's a tedious activity that it has to do. It's work. 
but since it's been conditioned, it'll just press that lever again and again nine times just for that tenth time. So this is what we see in video games as well, that once a person becomes conditioned, he's okay with doing the tedious task of pressing that lever nine times. Even if the game at a certain point tells him you have to press this lever 99 times to get it on the hundredth time, people will do it. If the game tells you that you have to do it 999 times to get a reward on the thousandth time, then people will do it. And this is the almost embarrassing aspect of farming within video games. Farming is an activity that is tedious. It is grinding to get a certain reward that we want to achieve. And it is obvious and accepted that it is an activity that is like work. It's not a fun part of the game but it's something that has to be done in order to have fun within the game. Now think about that for a second. The whole reason why we play a video game is because you want to take a break from work in order to have fun. But when a video game puts us into that Skinner box and makes us feel that there's actually a value in the reward that we are earning, then it teaches us that in order to have fun in that reward, we can work within the video game to earn that reward. And what ends up happening is that a person has a work life and a fun life within the video game that they're playing. So again, this is how the definition of Lugov has changed. Lugov is something that is useless. A video game is useful as long as it is taking a break to get back to something that is useful, something that is work. But here the video game makes us believe that the activity in and of itself is useful and that we should work within the video game to create this vicious cycle by which we go into an aspect of farming, of just pressing the lever again and again and doing work just to be able to get that treat that we want. Putting a person in a Skinner box is not enough to get them addicted to a video game. Now, eventually a person knows that they're just playing in an imaginary world. It has no real external value. This is why for a video game to really be addictive and to draw us in, it has to have a multiplayer aspect to it. Because when a person who's been conditioned in that Skinner box then starts interacting with other people in their own Skinner boxes, then that world takes on a third dimension. It takes on another aspect of reality. And this is where we start to compete with others. These are all ways in which the Skinner box rewards a person or an animal for behavior that they do. But there's also a way that the Skinner box punishes behavior. You know, some Skinner boxes have an electrical shock that they can give to the animal to also condition its behavior. They don't just rely on reward, but they also use the aspect of punishment. Now, how is it that the video game Skinner box that we're trying to be placed in uses punishment? This, in many ways, in many times, is used as the sunk loss fallacy. When we're brought into the world and we accept that Skinner box as our home, we accept those treats as being of real-world value, then we start to put our time into it. We put hours and hours of our time. And the more time we put into it, the more likely it is that we're going to make microtransactions. So whether we're free to play or not, whether we put money into it or not, which we probably eventually will, but the hours that we put into it are things of value. That's an investment that we put into it. And that's an investment that we don't want to lose. And this is how games will punish us if we leave that game for a certain amount of time. Sometimes the rewards that we received or what we've built will start to deteriorate if they're not checked in on a certain time. Rewards will expire after a certain amount of time. Or maybe the game will move on. There will be a power creep by which everything that we had gathered and accumulated up until that time will start to become outdated. So the sunk loss fallacy basically means that we make decisions about our future based on a past that is irrelevant. We think that since we have invested this many hours, so I should continue to invest into the future because if I don't, then I'm going to lose everything that I had done in the past. And so we continue to make bad decisions about our future 
because of the bad decisions that we already made in our past. No, realistically, if a person made a mistake and bought expired milk, he wouldn't say that, okay, I should just keep drinking the milk because then the milk is going to get wasted. That application of a sunk loss fallacy was so clearly against common sense that we wouldn't do it. But many times people, since they've invested hours into a game, they'll continue playing a game that they don't really enjoy as much anymore just because they don't want to lose that previous investment. Now, this is something that's observed a lot of times in video game forums. At times, a game company or developer won't treat their customers right. They won't make correct decisions on how the game should move forward. And at times, the general player base becomes dissatisfied with the game and remains dissatisfied for a surprisingly long period of time, while still continuing to play the game and engaging in that Skinner box and continuously pressing that lever. The reason for this is that they are invested into it, and they don't want to lose that investment. And even though they've stopped having fun for a long time, they continue on the hope that maybe it'll get fun in the future, and they don't want to lose that past investment. So this is a carrot on a stick system that we're put into. We think that, okay, I'll just play one more game. I'll just do a little bit more. The purpose of that carrot is to be very close to us, to make it seem as if the goal is right there. And so we keep doing these little small things until we don't realize how much time we have invested into it. This is the whole purpose and the philosophy of microtransactions and also the micro amounts of time that we invest. It's all about our time and money. This is how we become addicted. This is what we see that's used in effective video games that we're told that we should just make a little bit more progress, just a little bit longer until we level up, until we get that next reward, just a small little bit further that we have to do. Just invest this small amount of money. And these micro-investments of time and money, that carrot that's on a stick in front of us, is something that makes us keep walking and walking until we have no idea where we started and where we've eventually end up. So any game that is successful in this day and age, in this world of game development, it has to use some of these techniques. You know, whether it's Fortnite today or whether it was another game in the past or it'll be another game in the future. These are the techniques that have to be used to put us into that Skinner box. The correct terminology for a Skinner box is an operant conditioning chamber. And this is what we have to think about. That the purpose of these video games is to condition us towards a certain behavior. And we are placed in that chamber to bring about a certain pattern of behavior from within ourselves. Now, this is something that doesn't just affect our video game life, but when a person is conditioned to a certain behavior, it affects every aspect of their life. When we're taught that if you do this certain behavior, then you're going to be rewarded according to this pattern, then it affects the way that we approach any situation in life. So when a child or a teenager is conditioned within this chamber, and this is how they go through their development, then it's very easy to transition them over to addiction to different social media platforms. And these are the same techniques that are used by different social media platforms to keep us addicted to them. They offer themselves to us for free, but nothing is free in life. In the same way that a free-to-play video game is not free either. They are getting something out of us. And once we are conditioned, not only can we be conditioned later in life as adults when it comes to social media platforms, but many other parts of our life as well. So once a person allows himself to enter into this chamber and then starts behaving in the way that he's expected to behave according to the pattern that has been set out for us, then there's so much that we have lost in who we are and the direction that we want to go in. When Huzur Ayyadaullah bin Asr al-Aziz advises us to stay away from such types of behaviors that are lagav, that are useless, then it is to bring us back to our humanity. Nobody wants to be a monkey or a rat, but that is essentially what we allow ourselves to be turned into when we succumb to these types of behaviors. So our objective is to come out of that animal existence that society wants to take us to and to become free. 
And the irony is that many times when people receive guidance from Huzur, then some who are weaker say that our freedom is being infringed on, when in fact it is for the sake of our freedom that this guidance is being given to us. The Holy Prophet ﷺ prophesies that in the latter days the Dajjal will present to you a paradise which in fact will be fire. And the Promised Messiah ﷺ presents to us something that seems like a fire but in fact is paradise. So this is what we see happening in front of us right now. That these video games and these vain pursuits are being presented to us as if they are a source of freedom, they are attractive. And to some people it seems as if Huzur is taking away our freedom by saying that we should not go down this road. But Huzur is just saying that don't turn into a rat or a monkey. Don't go into that Skinner box. It's so obvious what they're trying to do to you. And get out of it and open your eyes and leave that world. We are not here to become easy targets and victims of behavioral conditioning that's being done in our society. So the Holy Quran teaches us that believers are وَالَّذِينَ هُمْ أَنِي Video games are not something that are harmful in and of themselves. We should enjoy them to an extent that they are enjoyable, that we can benefit from them. But the moment we start entering into a Skinner box and we start getting turned even at a first step into a rat or a monkey, that is something that we have to absolutely abstain from and follow the guidances of Huzur. When Huzur has advised us to stay away from Lagav, then our responsibility is to understand with clarity what the definition of useless is, to identify what is useless in our lives, and to take those things out of our lives that put us into a Skinner box, that make us think that useless things are actually useful and that are a waste of our time. You've been listening to the MKA Vibe by Majlis Qudamal Ahmadiyya USA, America's oldest and largest Muslim male youth organization. Subscribe to get more of our weekly recap of the latest in Friday sermons, speeches, lessons from our respected Imams and wisdom from different sources. Tweet us your ideas and thoughts at Muslim Youth USA. Hum <laughs>